and welcome to the Q York podcast, brought to you from our local church in the beautiful city of York in the UK. The message you're about to hear is from one of our services, which also feature great live music and relevant movie clips. These can all be found on our blog, so to make sure you're getting the full experience, feel free to head over to qyork.co.uk and select blog to find the relevant content. There's also a huge selection of talks and live music videos on our media page, as well as a donate button if you'd like to show your appreciation and enable us to keep producing free content like this. Finally, to stay up to date on new blogs and events at Q, you can sign up for emails by filling in your name and email address at the bottom of any page on the website. But right now, it's time for the message. Okay, good morning. Let there be light. Have you been enjoying the sunshine this week? Have you noticed that over the last month it seems like there's a little more? This isn't interesting. We talked recently about having a season of spring, and this morning we're going to cover a little bit about the sun and the light and how that can trigger a bit of a season of spring and a bit of a resurrection in us. Now, we've seen that clip a few times before, but I watched it this week and it sparked off some new things in me, especially a phrase that's been in my head recently, which is about the story we tell ourselves. Do you think you tell yourself a story? Because I think we're all telling ourselves stories that help us make sense of the world. Now, we look at the story they told themselves and we think, that's ridiculous. What they had on their stones was ridiculous. I wonder if we may look back a little bit in the future at some of the stories we tell ourselves or have told ourselves, or maybe we do look back at some of the stuff where we used to tell ourselves and think, that's about as ridiculous as the world falling out of the butt of a sky yak. And I think Q is all about questioning the stones. So we get together every morning on a Sunday not to go, this is what the stones say. Tell me, what do the stones say? We get together to say, should we question what's in the stones? And then we explore a little bit because I think there are stones that we have personally, that things that we've just set in stone, the stories we tell ourselves about. It might be what we look like, where we come from, what we're good at, whether people like us or they don't, our value. Could be a billion and one things, but it's those beliefs that we've set in stone. I think we want to question some of them. So, I think if we don't end up questioning them, we could be as silly as the guy that ends up banging his head against the gong, wasting a lot of his life on something that might actually be meaningless. And I don't want to waste the time that I have following something that actually might just be a silly story. So that's why I think it's worth questioning this stuff. Okay, one of the questions I want to ask this morning, because it's intrigued me a little bit recently, is why is it Easter Sunday today? Because Christmas Day is 25th of December every year, yeah? Halloween is 31st of October every year. My birthday is the 13th of June every year. But Easter Sunday is it's different, isn't it? Everyone's like, oh, why is it then? When is it then? Okay, so are you ready? does anybody know? Hands up if you actually know. Cool, the rest of you are going to blow your minds. Um, okay, it blew my mind a little bit anyway. So Easter Sunday occurs on the first Sunday after the first full moon, after the vernal equinox. Oh yeah, I feel like we need a sound effect there. The first Sunday after the first full moon, after the vernal equinox. Now I'm going to make that a bit easier. Vernal basically is spring. So let's explore first Sunday, first full moon, and vernal equinox. Who cares about this? Well, I think 
there are reasons that people have celebrated at this time for thousands of years because there's something about what's going on in the world at the moment that does something in us. There's a truth about it that I think can help us. Um, Sundays are a good day to have a party because it tends to have been a holy day. Interesting as well that it's called Sunday. So people have been celebrating the sun for a while. So what? It's Roman apparently. Talk to Chris for more info on that. Um, so full moon, why is that important? Well, we live in a world now where you get up in the morning and you turn on your light or your lamp. We have lights all around this room and we have central heating. We have all kinds of modern amenities because of uh, electricity and gas and all kinds of things like that. Back in the day, our ancestors had none of that. So if you wanted to have a party, a full moon was a good idea. It was like your natural lighting rig. It was already there, so you could party long into the night. So that's the uh, Sunday. That's the first full moon. So vernal equinox. Let's have a little look at that. We have all these modern amenities now, like electricity. So we don't pay as much attention to the sun and the moon and the stars. But to our ancestors, that was really important. Like where the sun was in the sky wasn't just important because, oh yeah, it looks nice, doesn't it? Or when I'm driving, it blinds me in the winter. It's more because it was their protection from the darkness. When the sun rose, it was literally their savior rising every day to save them from the darkness. The warmth made their crops grow. They, they celebrated the sun because it made their crops grow. And also they looked around and saw the whole world bursting into life because the sun had risen. We now understand the cosmos a little bit more because of space exploration and we have answers to those things. Uh, but they didn't know then, so they just looked to the heavens and saw the sun in the heavens and that gave them some answers. Okay, so equinox. Equinox literally means equal night and equal day. So because of how the earth spins and how it rotates around the sun, there is two points in the air called the equinoxes where we have an equal amount of light and night and we have an equal amount of day and darkness. It's almost like there's this battle between light and darkness and we see that a lot in movies, don't we? The whole battle of dark and light. And it's at this point in the year where it's suddenly tipped in the equinox from going... Actually, the darkness was winning for all of winter, and everything was like dead and in the ground, and it looked grim. And there's suddenly this point where it's like, da-da, the light is winning, and the light is taken over. Suddenly, there's more warmth and more light, and it does something in the world. So at Easter, we celebrate the spring equinox because also it's when the sun rises directly in the east. Now, some of you are thinking, the sun always rises in the east. Kind of, but there is a point, it, it kind of moves a little bit. Actually, it's interesting that Easter, it is in the east directly. And some people think that's where the origins of Easter come from. Okay, but why does that actually matter? It's interesting, but how does that actually make a difference to us? Well, I think the resurrection that's happening all around the world at the moment, well, not all around the world, all around our world at the moment, because of this light, can tell us something about us. There is literally a resurrection happening because of the light doing something. So you can see why historically, at this time of year, Christians decided as their religion spread, that seems like a good point in time to celebrate the light of the world rising again, because the light of the world is literally rising again. There is something, there's a correlation there. So you can see why it makes sense to have it there. So could the light spark a resurrection in us? I want to talk about dirty kitchens. Does anyone have a dirty kitchen? Anyone watching online? Do you have a dirty kitchen? Uh, ours is disgusting at the moment. Do you know why I know it's disgusting? Because in the afternoon, I go in and I'm like, oh, this looks all right. I think we can get away with this if anyone dared come round. 
But you go in in the morning and the sun shines through our kitchen window and the shame. It's like you can see the fingerprints and paw prints and hair and grease everywhere. I don't know why we decided to have a black gloss kitchen, but uh, do you remember Chris telling a story years ago about her kitchen? And she said about how the sun shone through the window onto her kitchen. And so she said, that's the problem with the light. It always shows up all the dirt. And then she corrected herself and said, no, that's the great thing about the light. It shows up what needs cleaning. I wonder if there's something in there for our own personal resurrections. So just pause for a moment and think, what is it that you want to resurrect in your life? And maybe a little thing we can grab onto this morning is that some kind of light might expose something in us that might need a little scrub, a little clean, we might need to look at again. That might actually be a trigger for our resurrection in those areas. Okay, a few weeks ago, we looked at trampolines and springs and how instead of having brick walls for our beliefs, we want to have springs so we can question things, so we can bounce higher. Now, something occurred to me about trampolines. If we are in the season of spring, when you bounce on a trampoline, you go up and you go down. You have your high points and your low points, just like in our seasons. Things come up and they go back down into the ground and up and down into the ground. It occurred to me that when you are at the lowest point on a trampoline, that's the point where you're at your greatest point of potential lift. So maybe there's a little bit of hope for some of you if you're feeling a bit low at the moment. Actually, maybe the lowest point is actually your greatest point of potential lift and rising up and springing up again. Um, so however you're feeling this morning, if you're feeling sprightly or if you're feeling a bit down, maybe there's some hope to grab hold of that light will shine on something today through Chris who's speaking and Jen who's speaking as well, through the clips, the songs that will help us rise up. Can I summon my band? Because I've got a song that I want to show you. Um, thanks. Um, I was invited to do some assemblies in Bishopthorpe Primary School, which we've been We've been doing stuff in there as LifeZone for 16 years now, which is crazy. Um, but they invited us to do these uh, little three-part series and to run their Easter service in their little C of E church. And I was sweating because I was like, I don't know what to talk about. Like, what does Easter even mean anymore? Um, and how do I tell a load of children about it? Um, it's quite a big responsibility. Anyway, the, the thing that came up in me was... Um, Chris has sent me some stuff about the sun and the moon and the stars, and that triggered this idea of equinox and how winter, everything dies, but spring, everything is in this new season of spring, and it's coming to life again. And my mum and dad used to wake me up every morning and be like, come on, Dan, rise and shine. And that thing had come. Did anyone else get rise and shine in the morning? I don't know why that was a thing, but that, that was bouncing around my head as well. And this song kind of emerged out of it. Um, and I might need a little bit of help from you if you'd like to. It's a fun one. There's some clicks in the verses. And the chorus has some high fives. So if you have somebody you stood next to and you want to have a bit of fun with this, the chorus, I'll just grab my guitar. The chorus says, you're going to rise up. And on that bit, you can give the person, like this, it goes, you're going to rise up. You're going to rise up, you're going to rise up, like the sun, nice. And you'll see a new light, making the world bright. It's been a dark night, but that's when you rise and shine again. So if you want to get involved, you're welcome to. It's very fun. So... Forgive me if I stick to my notes because, you know, we have short on time and we want to make sure it's nice and, you know, compact uh, and don't want to do too much waffling. But um, 
what is Easter all about? And Danny's been saying some wonderful things. But um, a few years ago, I was um, uh, on, on a Facebook group, a Christian group that I'm in quite a lot of, which are all, all very interesting, you know, the topics that come up. And this person was getting so upset, it was Easter, and they were getting all upset about bunnies and chicks and egg hunts and were dogmatically demanding that there would be one only focus. Now, I was brought up like that. In fact, Good Friday, I hated. We couldn't have the TV on. We couldn't go any playing, you know, couldn't go to the park. We just could go for a walk, but it had to be in our Sunday best clothes. It was just not a good Friday at all. You know, Jesus died on this day for my sins. That's how serious it was. And uh, with that in mind, it was, you know, it's serious business. And you had to, you know, treat the day with a special reverence. Now, watching this and this lady, I thought, right, I'm going to get involved with this. And I just said, for me, and I wrote this, for me, it's all symbolic of a truth that is in fact true. The sun passes over, and where have we heard that word before at Easter, but with the, the Jewish religion, Passover. The sun passes over the equator, light conquers the darkness, and there is new life. We set free from the winter's cold into summer's warmth. However you want to celebrate it, it's that simple. Well, guess what she did? She made a meme of it and she put it out on Facebook with a whole bunch of eggs behind it with my statement on it with my name at the bottom. I went viral. Not quite. But it's a true story that. And what had happened was her paradigm had been challenged and instead of her fighting me over it, she was willing to open up to a new idea. And um, that was amazing. Now, I loved last week because I watched uh, it back online and I love Sheldon. And I'm a bit of a Sheldon. I'm the one who's always forever asking questions. You want to be in our house. But um, I'm not satisfied just to accept what others are telling me I need to believe. You see, I did that for, for too long. So now I'm very much not in an angry way, not in a belligerent sort of way, but hang on a minute, I want to think about that and, and, and move on. So what you have to understand, and this is where it helps fit in a bit with what Danny was saying, I hope I don't take too long, but all religions, you see, have evolved from each other. And you find that Christianity evolved from Judaism, Judaism from Canaanite polytheism, Canaanite polytheism from Mesopotamian poly polytheism, but the oldest religion was that of the worship of the sun in Egypt. See, they personified their God. That's where we get the idea of personification of things, uh, their sun God, with the name Ra. And his name means, listen to this, I love the, the thing. He who rejoices in the horizon, in his name of the light, which is seen in the sun disk. The sun was the giver of life, controlling the ripening of the crops, which were worked by man. And there were so many countries and, and cultures who worshipped the birthday of Sol Invicta, 
that means the unconquered son up to 4,000 years before Jesus was ever born, right? Now, let's just put it into perspective. So many cultures worshipped the sun and, and personified their what they call solar deities. And whether we like it or not, Constantine absorbed Christianity into its sun-worshipping culture. And Constantine is known to have not really detached himself from Mithraism, which was the Roman uh, uh, religion of the time, and the Roman worship of the sun gods, but instead Christianized the Roman pagan origins and many of their symbols were kept. Now, if you want to go and have a look at that, go, because it's very, very interesting. And of course, because he wanted to stop the possibility of war when his, his empire was crumbling, he married the, the, the message of Jesus with the, um, the things of Rome. And that's why when Danny says, why is it Sunday that we come to church? Rome. See, so much has influenced. And you think, well, you know, does that matter? Well, it means that certain things have crept in from the original story to become uh, uh, culturally borrowed from other things. Now, here's the thing. This new Christianity became the official religion of Rome. And get this, the sun, S-U-N, was replaced by the sun, S-O-N, with Isis and Osiris becoming Mary and Jesus. And December 25th was then decreed as Jesus' birthday with the spring equinox full moon in March, April, designated as his death. Now, think about it. He said, you know, Christians chose to do that. No, they didn't. Rome chose to allocate those celebration dates, which you can see how it was a continuation of something. But of course, as you go, it evolves and languages change. So anyway... I said, why do you think we go to church on a Sunday? So anyway, Roman influences that still remain to this day. It's interesting, isn't it? So you might say to me, are you saying that Easter isn't about Jesus at all? No, of course I'm not saying that. But there are other stories that can inspire us too. Those stories that are told in other cultures which represent sim similar things. You could say it's a universal story that's just told in many different ways different ways. So did you know that there were at least six other religious characters predating Jesus by over a thousand years who were born of a virgin, had 12 disciples, died and resurrected? Did you? You might not like the sound of it, but it actually was a common story. Virgins gave birth to gods. They died and three days later, they resurrected. Osiris, as we'd been talking about just then, was one of them. But if you look closer at that story, it was derived as symbolic of the rising and receding waters of the Nile River. So when they went back, it died. And when it came up, it was born again. Oh, we're getting a bit of a pattern here, aren't we? So I say these things only because we can be so dogmatic that we have the monopoly on truth rather than understanding there's a universal principle that are articulated in different ways according to individual cultures. Um, there's even a stream of thought, now get this, you'll like it, that the four canic canical, canonical, no, canonical um, gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke and John, 
are actually stories of the sun's travel through our solar system. Some of you need to go and read the Gospels and see if you can spot it. It's dead interesting. So Jesus is the personified representation of the sun entering into a new age. His birthday happens to be the time when we entered the age of Pisces. The 12 disciples are the 12 signs of the zodiac. Can you see the link? I'm not saying whether he's right or wrong. I'm just, I'm just telling you stuff. All right. So the, the sun is born daily at sunrise, yearly at the spring equinox, and every 2,160 years, it enters the new age of the zodiac. Now get this, the age of Aquarius is on its way, and I can see how people may have come to the conclusions they did. Now this is, this is, this is the funny bit. Right, my mother will be turning in her grave now. The zodiac, how sinful. I was afraid to even look at the page in the magazine in case I was smitten by some demon for reading the stars. Why have we been so afraid? Come on. The sun, moon and stars were of great significance, like Danny said to the ancients, and without them, they didn't know what was going on, and they were very important to them. Another little thing. Did you know the three kings are said to be the three stars of the Orion? who followed the North Star, if you follow the North Star from the Orion, it points to the place where the sun will be born. Sun, S-U-N, S-O-N, I don't care which one, where the sun will be born. And at both the spring and winter solstice, the North Star points to where the sun will appear. Isn't that brilliant, where the sun will appear? But here's something really interesting. For three days, December 22nd to 24th, did you know that the sun rises on the exact same latitudinal degree? This is the only time in the year that the sun actually stops its movement northward or southward in our sky and it stays there till it resurrects. On the morning of December the 25th, the sun moves one degree northward, beginning at its, its annual journey back to us in the normal hemisphere, ultimately bringing our spring. Anything steadily moving all year long then suddenly stops moving for three days was considered to have died. Therefore, God's son, who was dead for three days, moves one degree northward on 25th of December and is symbolically born again. So, one could ask, is 25th of December the birthday of the sun or the sun? Oh, I'll leave you to think about that for a while. But does it matter? Aren't all these stories pointing to a universal truth? Resurrection! resurrection and that's why I don't get so fussed about all this stuff anymore because I can see the truer truth within it sorry I've pressed buttons so and I've gone yeah okay where am I now as long as I haven't deleted anything I'll be all right so quickly Bishop Spong a person who I really appreciate listening to he writes this biblical literalism is a gentile heresy Symbolism and allegory is something we often struggle with, but in ancient times, that's something they understood and embraced because there's more than one way to kill a cat. 
So Easter, many years I only understood Easter in the terms of substitutional atonement, penal atonement theory. And I am glad that curiosity killed that cat, which we've used it, you know, very cheekily to call it the common atonement theory, the one where somebody has to be punished to appease the wrath of God. And unless we accept that he took the wrath, of, uh, the, the wrath of God in order to appease him, we will be rejected. And you, you know this story. I'm glad that we have let curiosity kill that cat. But you see, now I find myself immersed, immersed, is that the right way of saying it, in a much bigger story. See, I like the idea of Jesus being a solar deity. Jesus was called the light of the world. What is the light of the world other than a symbol of the sun? John 1 verse 9 says that John was sent to bear witness of the, of the light. That was the true light, which lighteth every man that comes into the world. Without the sun, we're doomed because it's the great source of all life. Now, many need a personal God, and I, I think that's great. And if it helps you, then go ahead. But it's important that the universal truth is not missed um, in the process. Because if you make your personification of the Son, S-O-N, Jesus, less powerful than the S-U-N, sunshine, then I do have a problem. And that's what can happen. The people who worshipped the Son held it in great esteem and, and uh, yet somehow when we have sort of had a representation of Jesus, it can look as though it's a, a lesser thing. And I think that that's very, very harmful. We end up with a very small, petty God. So I grew up with a God who discriminated. He loved one particular group of people more than any other, although supposedly loved us all equally. Much of the emphasis was on sin rather than the sun, whether it's S-U-N or S-O-N. Our language betrayed us. Sin clouds, the clouds of sin. Behaviours that blocked the rays of God's blessing. Does this ring true with anybody? Being out of the will of God and a God that couldn't even look upon us without there being something sacrificed to temper his wrath. But we've just been singing, as faithful as the dawn, the sunrise is your unfailing love. So let me leave you with a few thoughts about the sun. Um, can you put the first slide up, please? Is it the sun never repents? No, the other one, thank you. The sun never repents of the good he does, nor does he ever demand a recompense. If your God, who you've personified, doesn't live like that, you've reduced, are you following me? You've reduced it down. Can you do the next one, please? The light of the sun does not discriminate. It shines upon us all. The light of knowledge, wisdom, understanding, love, peace and happiness is similar to the sun. One must simply come out of the dark caverns of life and bathe in its light. The sun has shone for 4.6 billion years and it's never not turned up to do its job. And all those who have flown will know how bright the sun is shining when you get high enough above the grey clouds of Manchester. 
it's always there. And when the sun goes down in the southern hemisphere, the sun is still shining on us. You say, how it's dark. We still benefit from its light, even when it's not there. It reflects onto the moon to light our night so that in our darkest times we can be illuminated if we want to be. And while I've no intention of being a sun worshipper, other than when I sit enjoying its rays, I think it's a good thing to appreciate something we take so much for granted. Every day the sun rises for me. Does it matter what words and images we use to understand a universal truth? See, all traditions are limited, but the song of life cannot be contained within one story. And sometimes it helps to remember every day is secretly sunny. After all, resurrection happens every day and every moment. So let's keep the East in Easter. Okay. I don't need to say much more because all that's been brilliant so far, hasn't it? So I don't think I need to say much more. But the um, wonderful thing about that clip, and and I don't apologise for playing it again, because that is absolutely, it's life-changing if you can grasp the principle of that. Because his whole life, he had been absolutely faithful. Faithful to do the job that he believed he needed to do for everybody else in that community at cost to himself, at great pain to his head. And he had raised his son to be equally faithful. And all of that was wonderful in the sense that it was the right spirit and it was team and it was everything else, but it was all superfluous to what had been required. And the son was going to come up anyway, the sky snail. And I think that's some of the hardest things about when we start to tell ourselves a different story. We wonder what's going to happen to the story that I had before and what does that have to say about all I was doing before and all I was being before. And we somehow feel it makes us less. And Chris just said during her bit that um, we make... The, when we get into how it feels for us personally, we make the, the sun less powerful. And I think so much of the time when we have been very faithful to the stones in our life and we've been very committed and we've done all of those things so wonderfully for others, all of our virtue and our worth gets caught up in that thing. And then I think if I change my story, I'm, I'm going to have to change who I've been and what feels very, very personal to me. But that's how it gets bigger. That's how the story grows in your life. That's how you find the expansion. That's actually where you find your resurrection because it's not in the stories that have been. It is in the stories that are now and that are yet to be. And so the challenge of today is, can we be brave enough to say that maybe the resurrection in our life comes from the things that we have to stop doing that we believe are making the sunshine in our life that we think I'm not gonna I don't have to hit my head against that to be worthwhile I don't have to go faithfully doing that and that's that is the nitty-gritty hard stuff of life because that is what we are very, very attached to. And so there is the universal principle this morning is that the sun is shining on your life, that there is resurrection, that there is hope, that there is life. Um, But if you were to live in the North Pole at 
half the year you would be in permanent sunshine and half the year you would be in permanent darkness. And if you believed as the ancients believed, you would probably have to conclude, well, there's times in your life where you're super blessed and there's times in your life where you must be super cursed. Um, and that's the problem, and it's to do with the tilt. There's a great video, we'll put it in the blog um, for you, it, about being in the North Pole, and it's to do with if the Earth wasn't tilted the way it was, none of this East thing would happen. You probably wouldn't even be alive. But because of the way the Earth's tilted, that's going to affect at certain times in the year where the seasons and where you, you get light. And if we have certain tilts in our life, Think of that guy's head tilted towards that gong every day. That was his tilt. You're going to believe that some things are blessings and some things are just terrible rejections and abandonments in your life because of how you're tilted. And if you want to find a more universal experience of the things that ex make you accepted versus the things that make you feel abandoned, you're going to have to get a bigger story. And that's what we're working on here at Q every week to find the biggest version of the story because we don't want a small God and we don't want a small perspective and we want resurrection every day. Um, and I'm, I'm, thank you so much, Danny and Chris, for your contributions and the singing. It was amazing. Um, and we're going to do one more um, song. I mean, we oh, honestly, even I'm three weeks in and, and to even just trying to coordinate what happens here. And I've already just thought, how have, I, how have they done this for 30, 29 years? I'm three weeks in thinking, wow, this is hard work. But everybody's, got, everybody's contribution is, is so, so appreciated. And the, the effort that goes in, it's quite phenomenal. Um, and so as we go into the final song of the morning. It's about moving up out of the darkness. And so our challenge to you tonight is find a big sun. Find a big sun and live in the resurrection um, of all that that means for your life. Thank you. Thanks for listening to another Q York podcast. Now, if you've enjoyed what you've heard today, then we would love to hear from you. Feel free to drop us an email to info at qyork.co.uk and let us know who you are and where you're listening from. Don't forget there are blogs and all sorts of media to be enjoyed at qyork.co.uk, which are welcome to browse at your leisure. Until next time, enjoy the quest. <laughs>